opportunity. I want to thank Jacob and the entire church. Uh, when I say entire church at this point of time, but if you are part of the two um, uh, evenings, you will have come to understand that when I mean church, I meant it as not the Sunday evening gathering that happens at Inverness Pilgrim's Church building, but the six households that are gathering together in the greater Vancouver area. Is that is that okay? When we are talking about a church, we are talking about a community of disciples, and these communities of disciples are growing up in the teachings of Jesus. How do they grow up in the teachings of Jesus? They learn the teachings of Jesus. They live out the teachings of Jesus, and they teach the teachings of Jesus. And by one anothering, they grow to become a true, authentic family of Christ. Exhibiting Christ to the watching world and while they're exhibiting Christ to the watching world the whole picture of Christ is painted by this community and as we are painting this wonderful picture of Christ to the community people are getting attracted and saying hey this is the family that I want to be part of this is the life that I want to live and that we would be able to create that in greater Vancouver that's when the true mission for which a church exists begins Uh, Why does the church exist? God is setting apart a people, a community for himself for all eternity. And the reason he is setting apart a community for himself for all eternity is that we would be his people. That he would be our God. We would be his people who would come and dwell amongst us. And his presence will be so manifest amongst us. And not only that, that we would be his people. That we will cooperate with him and collaborate with him to set apart more people for himself for all eternity. That means six households can't remain six households forever. That means if you truly participate in the mission of the church and truly participate in the mission of God right from the beginning in the garden till the end in Revelation chapter 22, you see the same thing. That there will be more people that are set apart for himself for all eternity because the purview of God is that none should perish but all should come to repentance. That none would be lost to the deception of another father who is a liar. They are all God's children because they originated out of the will and the plan and the pleasure of God. Every human being born. But they are deceived that they have the option and the choice to follow one of the two fathers. One father is a liar and he wants to deceive. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to take life away. There is death that is ordained through him. And the life that you can live under that father is sure death and death eternal. But this father offers life and life abundance. That's the, that's the whole picture that is at play. And here, God is setting apart a six households in the beginning to be an Antioch type base along with an apostolic leader such as Jacob uh, and a team that God is actually building up with Jacob for a worldwide mission. And that's, that's the starting premise at which we are actually looking into the seven important aspects from the new testament or what we are trying to call as the way of christ and his apostles or in other words is called church-based apostolic missions okay and so we we are outlining cbam and we are we are taking the base as we have an apostolic team Who's in charge of the markers? 
Uh, Derek, tonight, if you can see through this and throw some out. And here is an apostolic team in the making. Jacob and his team. We still do not know the full picture of what this is going to be. But we know that there is a, a man ordained of God and we have seen evidence over a period of time. How many years you have seen Jacob at, at, at leading this? Um, 14 years now. You have seen him over a considerable period of time to recognize that this man has giftedness from God that Christ has given that is beyond the local church. Okay, that's the only only thing that I want to define apostolic at this point of time is that there is giftedness in the person that he, that helps this person along with a team go beyond the local church to be involved with many local churches, not just in one locale, but is able to transcend the geographical regions and is able to progress the gospel, plant churches and multiply them across a larger, wider area than the greater Vancouver. And that's the reason why we are able to uh, recognize Jacob as an apostolic leader. And it's important that we uh, continue to do as churches and elders of the churches that we continue to support and continue to lay our hands on. In fact, the Antioch church laid hands on. And therefore, it's very strange. An apostolic leader may be the one who's actually teaching it and investing into a, a, a local church, but the local church actually rises up with their elders and then lays hands on the apostolic team. It's a very important partnership that goes on between local churches which are authentic, when I say local churches, it's not congregations, it's not denominationalized, structured, institutionalized, Christianity, religion that we follow. No, these are authentic Christ communities that are led by wise elders who have uh, spiritually matured, they are age-wise matured, they are gift-wise matured and experienced matured and they lay hands on Jacob and say, Jacob, I, we know that you have invested your time, energy, money into this six house churches which are an Antioch base in greater uh, Vancouver. It is time that we recognize that we would be able to rise up and yes, we need your help and continuous input, but we would actually be a support base for you to go on this apostolic mission and whoever you need as people from this base will be given to you. Whatever is needed at this point of time for the progression of the gospel will be given to you. We want you to continue to do what Christ has called this team to do that has raised up from this Antioch base. And therefore we have this settled with six households that are networked together and this is a network of churches in Greater Vancouver that is partnering along with an apostolic team. And this is the purview with which we are going to see the seven important things. Okay, I'm actually taking from the New Testament, uh, but at the same time going to be intertwining it with a plan of what Christ wants for us as a church too. So number one, the apostolic team usually is being given a, a sphere to operate. Now, what we would call as an apostolic map. I do not know whether Jacob has shown you the apostolic map that 
is there a is there a place that we can project that so you have a sense of an idea where god is calling jacob and a team to be ministering across the different geographical regions of the world can we project it so that okay so let's let's go to second corinthians and chapter 10 i i started off with this and we couldn't proceed further for past two days or we hope to proceed second corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 and then verse 15 to 16 paul is still struggling with the corinthian church corinthian church is a church that paul has established uh he's the apostolic leader over the church it's a network of churches in the in the region of corinth uh, there are sins that have plagued the church there are many questions and divisions and a lot of things that are happening but now there are other apostles that have come which are called the super apostles who are not really bringing the right teaching and cooperating with paul but they are actually being bringing a strange teaching and there is a over emphasis of spiritual gifts to the under emphasis of love which is the essence of the churches and so paul is writing first corinthians chapter 12 chapter 13 chapter 14 yes you can speak in tongues but i speak in tongues more than all of you guys uh, we can prophesy but what you are doing in churches is disorder and what is happening is that you are losing out the essence on which the church must be built which is love and then he goes on to say love is patient love is kind love is all of those things and he comes to the end and then goes on to the second corinthians and he keeps emphasizing you can have a thousand guardians but you cannot have an apostolic father such as me because i gave birth to you guys it's important that you follow me and follow what i'm bringing as an important important revelation into the body and then he goes down to second corinthians chapter 10 and he talks about how there are arguments and there are strongholds that are rising up against and and it's been destroyed the strongholds are destroyed because our weapons of warfare are not carnal we build we pull down every stronghold we pull down every every pretension that rises itself up and then he goes on to talk about sphere and he is not talking it out of a direct uh, reference but in all these contexts he is actually giving this this idea and so let's read second corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 and then verse 15 and 16 i'm reading for you we however will not boast beyond proper limits but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service god himself has assigned to us the sphere that also includes you corinthian church then i read verse 15 and 16 neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others our hope is that as your faith continues to grow our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you for we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory and therefore in a side note it's not the main point that paul is talking about but while he is defending his apostleship he is saying guys there is a sphere there is a field that god himself has assigned to us as an apostolic team and therefore we got to understand that god assigns god assigns
And what Paul is saying is, this field includes you, Corinthian church. Therefore, if Jacob would come and say, guys, God has assigned a, a field to this team. This mission needs to continue beyond this place. But that field includes greater Vancouver. And that if you guys do extremely well, if you guys do extremely well, then God will give us the capacity to increase the field. So you, go, you, you read that portion of scripture, verse 15 and 16. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others because there are other, other apostolic leaders that are, that are having fields too. There are other apostolic leaders that are having fields too and we may intersect with other apostolic leaders in different places and across the countries and across the nations. Other, others have fields assigned by God to them. But you, Corinth Church, you actually belong to our field. And then he goes on to say, um, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. While our hope is that your faith continues to grow. As the greater Vancouver's faith continues to grow, we have the greater capacity to expand this field that God has given us or assigned to us. Any questions? Your base here growing is critical to the expansion of what God is going to do through the mission of the apostolic apostolic team. There's an apostolic team right here. There's a network of churches here. As you continue to grow, as your faith continues to grow, that's going to be almost directly proportional to the sphere's growth in the rest of the world. And that's what Paul is trying to say. Now, all that we can get is two important main principles. Number one, there is a sphere assigned by God to apostolic teams. Number two, it really, really includes churches. And as the churches and the local churches and network of churches begin to grow and be established in the faith and as they begin to expand in their own locations and locality, it gives the apostolic team credibility. It gives apostolic team with, with resources. And resources is not finances. Resources primarily is about people who will be able to rise up from within the local congregation to join teams and sub-teams to fill and replenish the entire field that God has given. Put a picture. Is this one? We need to include New York. The old picture. You have Vancouver, you have Cardiff, you have what is that? Baran, you got Chennai there and or Nandigama. You represent Nandigama or Chennai? One of Chennai, Brazil, 
Hanoi, Hong Kong, New Zealand. Yeah, and and j- these are not just dots out there. These are regions that that God, that Jacob believes that God has assigned the apostolic team to be operating in. Are you getting the picture or? Multiply and replenish the earth. And so, when it comes to Chennai out there, there would be this partnership, these circles that are intersecting amongst apostolic leaders. And, and at one point of time, if we truly are establishing people in the right teaching and the same teaching, there will be seamless flow between one another. Maybe there are some personality clashes that may rise up like a Paul and Barnabas. Or it would be very human. But if we are truly establishing them in the way of Christ and his apostles, or if we are truly establishing them in the teaching delivered by the Spirit through the apostles, that is from Jesus, that is from the New Testament, there should be, shouldn't be any. Because uh, myself and Jacob, when we operate in certain places that we uh, co-labor together, no, no issues. You can just, halfway through what he's, what he's teaching, I can just stand up and continue on. Because it's almost the same thing. Maybe we use a little different vocabulary. And it's perfectly fine if it's a different vocabulary. But it's almost the essence of it is the same. And then you see that there is greater unity and oneness that is developing across the churches, across the world, where that true um, plea of Christ before he ascended in John chapter 17, oh, that they may be one even as we are one. Father and Son are one, that they also be one, so that the world will know that the Father sent the Son. And therefore, the true understanding of how the gospel is made known to the world is only through this family of love that is bringing about this oneness and unity because we are one in that teaching. And if you really follow John chapter 17 to the T, you would actually come to this understanding. We, they, we don't belong to this world. We are being taken from this world and we are sanctified by the truth. Your word is truth. And then sent into this world. And therefore, the way by which we are to be in sync is in the truth. As being sanctified by the truth. Which is the faith. Which is the faith that we need to be growing in. Which is the teachings that we need to be growing in. What is the truth that sets you free? It's the teachings of Christ that sets us free. And we have the same spirit that is in operation. We have the same truth that is in operation. And because of the truth lived out in our life, we are able to reflect the nature of Christ as a beautiful picture, not as an individual. The greatest problem of Christianity is we have followed the way of the world. And the way of the world is individuals. And therefore, I need to be projecting Christ. No, you cannot project Christ. It's the body that projects Christ together. And if we shift our understanding from individuals wanting to serve Christ and being impacted, for the kingdom. That's the greatest challenge. Even with all of the parachurches and all of the, all of the ministries and Christian ministries, it's about the individual. I want to impact the world for Christ. Sorry, that is not the New Testament. You are not supposed to be impacting the world for Christ. 
we as a community need to impact the world for Christ. It can't be done as an individual. The more we try, we project the world's order of mammon more and more. And that's why ministries and Christian ministries with individual giftedness projected as super, super guys are going to be detrimental to the way of Christ. It's this communities. And these apostolic teams come and form those communities and fade away. They are like a crescendo that comes in as an effect. Yes, they have their impact. They have all of that. And then they fade away. They are not there. They are not the mainstay. The communities become the mainstay. True love becomes the mainstay. The truth sanctified through life lived out becomes the mainstay. Good lives become the mainstay. Good works become the mainstay. Or good families and authentic families become the mainstay. And good news that is shared through good lives, good works, good, good homes becomes the mainstay. That, that, that is the beauty of what Christ has revealed. Now it's all opposite. I have done extremely well in business. See me, what God has done. What the good, good father has done in me. And he will do that for you. That is the push of the Christian world today. See my ministry, what God can do through me. God can do through you too as an individual. Sorry, that's not found in the New Testament. So Jacob is not the highlight of greater events here. Jacob has come in slog 14 years to build the six households. It's time that we shift into the way of Christ. These six communities actually become the beauty of Christ. Revealed to the world, to the watching world. Is how you interact with the community in your own neighborhood. That is going to be the mainstay. That is going to be the main focus. That's going to be the beauty of Christ revealed. While Jacob fades. Yeah, Jacob's fat goes in, but we'd come only on July 17, then up here. July 17, right? That's Jacob's day, Memorial Day. In India, it would be called Jacob's Jayanti. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting the idea? But the first idea we got to understand is that we have a, a field offered to Jacob and a team. That field does not belong to Jacob alone. That field's ownership is taken by the initial Antiochian church base. Until we have other bases come. Because there may be a sharing of this load and co-working that can take place amongst the various bases across the city, uh, across the nations. But at this point of time, our responsibility is that we would say, we are with you, Jacob, and commission you to do what God has handed over as a field. Are you getting the idea of the field? And therefore, in order to see this field, and one of the things that we were clarifying more and more is that Jacob, although has an origin from within the nation of India, uh, the field seems more of non-Indian and non-Indian ethnos, like how a Peter would be to the Jews and Paul to the Gentiles. 
not that peter will not do anything about the uh, gentiles or paul would not do anything about the jews but the shift or the emphasis would be a certain kinds of people a certain kind one of the things that we've been discussing and thinking about is that 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 the main essence of where jacob would be operating is a non indian kind of people and a people groups as we go on, those, those things will become more and more clear about the field. So this is work in progress. This is initial revelation. This is something that, that we have initial small little specks that God is giving us with regards to the, the field that this entire church will be involved in. Are you, are you getting it? Am I, am I making sense? I need to have some questions from you to clarify a little better. If not, it's going to be, uh, I do not know whether you're getting it. That's true. Get me two questions that will help me understand how how much we're getting. It's working? You're you're getting it? May you have any questions? Stephen? Derek? Mark? I'm just going to the leaders. Dano. Oh, who else should I? Um, Heidi. Do you have any questions? Not yet. Okay, let's go on. So that's a sphere to operate. There's an apostolic map, and we have put this apostolic map. For, for us, at this point of time, the sphere would be All that assemblies of God as a denomination can think about is uh, is uh, who is the district superintendent, who is the secretary, and that is the leadership. And now you are a local church, and therefore you don't have apostolic understanding within the assemblies of God. In fact, you got to understand when when there was a straying of this new movement called the Apostolic Reformation that Wagner started. North American Assemblies of God wrote a paper saying we don't subscribe to the apostolic. 
because of the abuses and excesses that were found in that moment of the apostolic reformation. They call it the norm. I, I don't know what, what this stands for, but it's an apostolic, new apostolic reformation, norm. It was a group of people there. And so Assemblies of God rejected it in that sense. So sometimes it's the greatest challenge because we at this point of time would have under us one church now as an apostolic team would plant Assemblies of God churches, would plant non-Assemblies of God churches, would cooperate with any denomination because the church and the network of churches has uh, accountability to the Assemblies of God but the as, as the, the apostolic team is not Assemblies of God. Because they're little. We confuse everything now. And that's why we call it complex apostolic network of churches. It's very complex. And so, for example, the, the places that the Spirit of God will prevent Paul from entering. He's actually starting his second missionary journey. He, he, would, wa- he would want to go into Cappadocia. He would go, want to go in, And the Spirit of God would prevent him and then take him on to Philippi. And then go on to Ephesus. While those places that the Spirit of God prevents Peter to enter in, you see that Peter, when he is writing his letters, he has a set of places. So lo- let's go to First Peter chapter one and verse one. You see very strangely that those are the places that uh, Paul was prevented to go by the Spirit. That is an assignment to Peter and his field. So First Peter, Peter chapter one, uh, the set of people that uh, that Peter is writing to. To those who are elect exiles of dispersion of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God. So this is a this is an this is a field assigned to Peter, and he's writing to them. Paul is assigned a field, and he's writing to them. John is at the end of it is actually taking Paul's network because he is at least thirty years beyond Paul, and he's writing to the. Uh, seven churches by the by by the time he's writing Revelation chapter two and three is writing to a circular letter to seven churches out there and these seven churches are written the same material from Revelation chapter four to twenty two but the covering letter is what is for each church specific each church specific uh, assessment of what Jesus is thinking about the church in Ephesus church in um, Philadelphia church in um, Sardis. And these are the uh, churches that were started out of Ephesian base that Paul stayed for three, two to three years, night and day, in the hall of um, Tyrannus. And these are the churches that are started out of his work in three years. And now John is actually overseeing those network of churches and is writing to the seven churches on the Asia Minor. Um, it, is, it is a road. He starts in one place you can actually follow the same road and that's how they carry those letters messengers carried those letters and they gave a covering letter specific to the church and then a general material from Revelation chapter 4 to 22 so this is a field assigned to Peter which was predominantly Jewish and so in certain places like Antioch where the network actually intersected or the 
spears intersected, there was clashes. Because Paul and Peter would have clashes based on guys. Because Peter is more oriented to the Jews and Paul is more oriented to, to the Gentiles that, that Paul would bring the Gentile concerns. And where the Gentiles and Jews are mixing up when two apostolic leaders are, are, are there that, is, uh, that Paul had to confront Peter and say, hey guys, this is not the gospel. You are trying to uh, downsize and tailor make it only for the Jews. You are so frightened of the Jews. He goes to the Galatia, which is predominantly taken over by Jewish kind of Christianity. That he is saying, guys, when I first came to you and, and opened up the gospel, that is more to the Gentiles also included. Who has bewitched you? And why is that you are becoming more and more Jewish in your orientation and, and following what you touch and see? No, that is not the gospel. That I brought in. You're getting the ideas? Mark, any questions? Shall we go on to the second one? So, in the field that God has assigned, they went about the great commission that Jesus commissioned them. Now what did Jesus commission them? To go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that which I have commanded. So they went, which is evangelize. They made disciples by baptizing them. They accept, those who accepted the gospel were baptized and included into the community because the idea of baptism is not some, it's not a Baptist idea of dipping someone in the water. The idea of baptism is that when someone comes to Christ, he is actually saying, from now on, I don't belong to the world community, but I am actually immersing myself in water. Uh, water rite that was so prevalent in the Middle Eastern world where they dipped themselves in and said, from now on, I subscribe to this rabbi. From now on, I subscribe to this, to this person alone. And they belong to that community. So there were rabbinical schools. And Jesus is saying, you got to follow my teachings to the T. And now you're baptized to be, for, to be part of my community. And therefore, this idea of, of the Great Commission is to evangelize them with the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. And when they come, they are baptized into a community. And this community becomes a learning, living, and teaching community. And that is what Paul and Peter and all the apostles in the, through the book of Acts continue to do. And, and if you really see the cycle that comes, is they, they did not just evangelize in every place. They evangelized and made sure that they were strategic in nature. So they evangelized strategic cities. They established and through baptism and teaching established local churches. And while 
there were people who were established in the local church they were developed and matured in order to identify potential leaders and appoint them as elders and they entrusted it to elders and the apostolic team continued to do this cycle again and again which is the great commission cycle or uh, david hesselgrave calls it the pauline cycle because paul it's very clear in the book of acts through acts chapter 13 verse 1 uh, to 14 28 you see this pauline cycle in, in place in the first missionary journey you see the same thing happen in the second missionary journey you see the same thing happen with philip going into samaria or a barnabas uh, after something the spirit does goes into antioch same cycle happens they evangelized strategic places they established local churches they entrusted to elders and therefore after we have had the field if you really see paul's field paul's field is the then known gentile world it was not primarily jerusalem but antioch became the base and so you see the roman world it's antioch from here three small places of iconium lystra derby he goes to philippi he goes into philippi then into um thessalonica beraia and this becomes the macedonian network of churches and you come into corinth and athens and becomes the achaian network of churches then he hits ephesus with 11 other churches on that circular road and it becomes the efficient network of churches and paul is held bent on being arrested even though arrested in jerusalem he is held bent on going to rome and this is paul's map it was paul's field and he hits strategic location so there were four major strategic cities of the roman world antioch on the eastern side philippi corinth ephesus rome these are five philippi because it was a it was on the northern front of the roman world they they made sure that they had the army cantonment there on the northern side and the macedonian regions became very important for for defending the northern side um corinth was like the business capital it would be like a mumbai of india or if it's canada what which will be the business capital man which is a, a political capital toronto so so that that would be more like the rome of um, toronto would be like the rome of of uh, canada business that may be spread across but these are strategic locations so if we really take canada as a whole 
there are strategic locations that we may have to do it. So when God spoke to us in 2015 about, it was a very strange um, uh, process. 2012, there was a man whose name was uh, Lawrence, um, Lorenzo who came, um, brought in by my friend whose name was Premnath, and he, he came to preach in our church. Um, he couldn't preach. I was so disappointed with him because he stood up and he was trying to say something and here is a big service that is going on. And, and suddenly I felt like, uh, I, I was almost, uh, because my friend also had come, in between I spoke to him and said, I think the next time you please let me know whether a guy can preach before you bring them to the church. And so at the end of it he said, I'm sorry. The Spirit of God really wanted me to deliver this word only and sit. But because of the pressure of preaching, I had to preach. And so I'll read to him, read to you what, what um, at the end of uh, maybe 15-20 minutes of scrambling through his notes and not able to preach, he said, this is what the Spirit of God wanted me to write this morning. I saw a picture and he wanted me to deliver this to you. A great, great lake. Vast in size, abundant with resources, a beautiful resting place, a powerful providing place, providing drinking water for many. This was like the peak, 2012 was a peak where the English service was growing and we had shifted from three services to five services because the congregation was like flooding in. We had already set up a new uh, place on top, a uh, wonderful, beautiful air-conditioned place with a lot of media equipments in it and then I saw a stirring on the waters, which became a mighty swirling. Mighty clouds gathered, and the wind began to blow mightily. Thunder and lightning, the waters rose and thrashed about, and suddenly overflowed their banks and began to flow out, of, out to other places. This lasted <clears throat> for a while until the lake was half full. Then the sky cleared, and the sun shone, and a great peace, a calm came over the whole lake. There were fresh trees with new fruit and new birds singing new songs, and new people enjoying the lake. God had done a new thing for his great glory. And then I looked beyond the lake and where the water had flowed. What once was dry and dead ground had come to life. Because the water from your lake had brought the gospel and God's kingdom to places that previously were dead. God told me that he has heard the cry of the dry and dead land. And he would save them and give them life. And he has chosen you to bring them what they need. My own feeling is that God will use this church in Middle East to accomplish things for him that even governments have not been able to accomplish. When our Lord Jesus tells us to do something for him, why do we not simply obey and do exactly what he tells us? We obey because the Lord needs it. And then he closed the iPad and he sat down. And I was disappointed because he said the lake will be half full. Because half, half the lake will disperse. I did not give attention to this prophetic word. 2015, we were praying together as a team, asking God, God, what we must be doing. And then God dropped in two important statements. One was, <coughs> we had no idea what black maps were. And black maps was something that came out to me while we were praying. The other prophetic word that came while we were praying together as a team was one of the team members said, um, where Satan is causing the maximum havoc, that's where my greatest harvest is going to be in the next season. So I go into the office, Google out black, black maps, and what throws out was a shocking thing, which was uh, the black maps of ISIS. If you really see the black maps of ISIS, ISIS it's the Eastern Europe, it's Central Asia, Northern Africa. It, it goes all the way into, into Afghanistan, 
Pakistan, India and it moves into Malaysia, Singapore down to Jakarta, uh, Indonesia. So all of this is what is called as Islamic Caliphate that they wanted to establish and they were at the peak of it when in 2015 and God said this is one of the regions that we want you to work as a as an apostolic team. <coughs> and then in response to that, but then Jacob comes into 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 our church and uh, there is a guy whose name is Theo. Um, Theo, he, he, halfway through the service he's saying, Theo, uh, your uh, ship is parked, uh, is, is anchored. There is a storm that is coming to your life. Unless you pull out the anchor, you will not be, you, you will be destroyed. And so remove your anchors and be ready for sail. And then uh, Theo goes through a major storm that happens and, and it all comes together in 2016 that we say, God, if this is the region that God wants us to do, what is the strategic location that we need to hit? And then we decide Dubai would be a strategic location that would help reach out into Central Asia, into Eastern Europe, into Northern Africa and the Middle Eastern regions and that's the reason why we sent you and Duff along to go into Dubai to be starting out and while we are talking right now, that this is the first mission trip. After three years, the churches church has become four households in Dubai that are meeting together in four different places and are gathering together on a Friday for one-mindedness. And now this church is slowly taking up this cause of Central Asia and have gone on a first mission trip into Kazakhstan. And so... When you are talking about these things, you are talking about authentic communities. You are not talking about great things that you are doing. It is not about big meetings and you can flash out in the social media. No, these are simple things about how small communities of Christ are catching up the vision of what God wants us to do and move into strategic locations to do this Pauline cycle or what is called as the Great Commission cycle again and again and again. So that's my second thing. While we have a field, we identify strategic locations, we know the timings of the Lord, we move to those locations and we do Pauline cycle or the Great Commission cycle, which is evangelizing strategic cities, establishing local churches, entrusting to elders. And therefore, in those locations, there are times, for example, even before you evangelize, there are times uh, that we need to really work on with regards to uh, pre Thank you, Derek. Now, who's water in charge? You're getting, you're getting the idea. We have a field, and after that, we have a field. We are in sync with the spirit to understand when. And where is the first place? So, for example, it's not like Paul, after he finished Iconia Lister Derby, his next progression was more Ephesus or somewhere in this area. But the Spirit of God would not allow and take him to a Macedonian call. And if you really read Philippians' letter, you see that these guys were strategic partners right from the beginning till the very end. And so, it's not about what we want. Although, that doesn't mean that Paul was just seated in Antioch and waiting and waiting and waiting. No, Paul was moving. Paul was moving. But the Spirit of God will open and close doors. 
and will lead. Sometimes what we think is strategic may not be the timing of the Lord. Sometimes what we think uh, is what we need to do next is, so for example, we wanted to, uh, we have chosen what is called the new Roman road, which is within India, and it's called the golden quadrilateral. Okay, Chennai, Mumbai, Delhi, and Kolkata would be the strategic locations within India that we need to really replenish these communities so that the cities will be taken. So we were making uh, our road into Mumbai and heading into Mumbai. Uh, we felt that that's the next strategic city that God had spoken, had spoken in 2003 about Mumbai being one of the second cities that I would be living and dwelling in. As I was moving towards that, the, there was a great, great opposition with regards to the Assemblies of God church pastor there and the leader there. He said, if you come in, we are going to complain all over in the denomination. And he opposed vehemently. He said, we are not doing an uh, assembly. We, we will not use our brand name because he was saying, you're a big church coming in and therefore that NLAG brand will spoil all the work that we have done and everyone would go to your church and therefore we don't want you to come. While we were actually pressing and confused about this opposition, the Spirit of God said, Pune, just open up in Pune. And you see Pune, Pune is just, all the churches are concentrated on the camp area which is the old Pune but Pune has grown massive because of the IT that has been happening out there and therefore in 2018 last year we started out in Pune and in a place called Banner Banner, and and when you're starting a church we are not thinking about music we are not thinking about worship leaders we are not thinking about uh, who's going to be doing just three people last year June 10th three people Praveen, Richa, family, a young couple who who are who are true family to me, along with Jerry, who was part of our team. Jerry was sent along with these three people. Started out in a home, and this is actually a growing, and it grew out of the home into a larger space that we had to hire up a hall on a Sunday. But there is a household that meets together in Praveen Richa's house. And while we were still doing that, God was speaking about another church in 30 kilometers away, and this. So, so even before this church is fully established and growing and self-sufficient, the, this church has planted another church. And when you're thinking of a church plant, we are not thinking about huh, how do we have a worship leader? How do we have a space? How do we have speakers? How, no, this is about another house. And there are two churches and around 70 people who are out there in a, in a year's time. Not great success stories, but True, authentic, loving communities. And I believe that we will be able to saturate and fill whole of Pune. And the approach that God has given strategically is to not come into camp because the moment you come into camp, the greatest opposition will be from the religious Christianity. And therefore you actually uh, hit in all the corners of where the IT world has been planting huge um, buildings and IT offices and are inviting all of India to come and live and work there. You hit strategic locations. Evangelize. Establish Christ communities which are authentic. Truly established in the teaching. And you raise up leaders and elders and appoint them. And you continue to do, continue to replenish.
long haul. And and sometimes you can't measure everything on the way. You, it's not about measuring success in this. It's about measuring of whether this is true communities. That's our only measure. True communities that would impact society. Questions? Now, so it's not about a major investment that we need to. When we think of New York, it's not a. We need, a, we need a family. We need a few families. So be it. Um, the Jerry who who was sent is um, Jerry was someone that I started off. He was in the Saturday afternoon community that I was investing in in 2010. Uh, 2012, this family actually shifted because of work to Chicago, but I would not I would not leave them in a sense. Like I I, I would check on whether they are going to come back. So it was like a short period of four years in Chicago and therefore anytime I flew into North America Chicago would be my place where I put my bags uh, their home is where I would stay continue to pursue Jerry and Jisha, continue to invest into them and sometimes we have our Saturday afternoon groups at the 2, 3, of three three thirty, which means Chicago time is like 4.30 in the morning and sometimes winter times in Chicago Jerry and Jisha would have all kinds of winter clothing on them and will sit in front of Skype to be or Zoom call to be part of this process. Never allowed them to stray away from the teaching. At one point of time, they had to come back. When they came in, they were in sync with what was happening at the base. Flowed in and at, the, at one point of time asked uh, Jerry, Jerry, would you... Uh, I, I think there is a call of God upon him. Jerry would say, I want to hear God. I want to hear God if I have to make the move. And I would say it's not about hearing, it's about believing and following. And so he left a very high-paying job to be joining with the team. And within the next uh, year, he was part of the OMR church plant and growing and investing. And Raful was part of that congregation, uh, part of the households there. And um, Jerry, uh, I asked Jerry, hey, there's an immediate need to go to Pune, would you go? Uh, Jisha was pregnant and uh, they asked that after they deliver in three months time, I'm not talking to you, after they deliver three months time, we, Jisha said, if, give me three months time, I would be willing to move. And they went to Hong Kong. No, they went to Pune. Oh, sorry. Two thousand twenty is a twenty twenty Hong Kong launch. 
Jerry is a highly invested 10-year ten year project. Uh, Praveen and Richa are uh, highly invested relational relationship. I walked uh, Richa down the aisle to get her married. Because uh, her family rejected that they would not stand with her. She was from a Hindu background. So it was like a father to her. Walked, I, I interviewed the guy who she wanted to marry and gave him a hard time before getting married. And now that's the relationship. So whenever I went to Pune, I lived in the aisle. Ate with them. And so it's a combination of an invested leader uh, Previn, which I have not invested on a leadership, leadership, but as a, invested in a relationship because they always lived far away from me. But there was a click out there. And then the church starts. And then you see 70 people blossoming out. And the greatest joy is you go there. You, it's, not, it's not you, but you have invested into some people's lives. You have strategically understood. And it's not apostolic leaders work and so on. When Jerry last time came and asked uh, this new place um, in um, Karadi, uh, there was another guy who was grooming up well and then uh, suddenly he, he pulled himself off and went off to another place. We were talking about how there is a spirit that is at work in that location that does not allow the stability of the churches. And so then um, Jerry is asking, so give us insight, give us insight. Say, Jerry, you pray to get more insight, but we will come and stand alongside. And so uh, I've committed myself for the next two times within this year to be going along with Jerry and a team to be praying to dismantle certain things. Jacob has been praying and feeding in certain aspects of what needs to be dismantled. And therefore, uh, it is also when, when you just before pre evangelism of a certain place and area, there's also spiritual dismantling of, of what do you call. You have a terrorized tea. Okay. Tame nations tyrannize the rulers. So there are certain activities that go be- before it to dismantle certain spiritual uh, forces of darkness. And there are certain times when, um, like uh, last year or last year, we went into Uttarakhand, which is on the top mountains. There are four important, it's called the Char Dams, where the rulership of this nation of India is out there. So when Modi has to actually be elected, he goes there before being elected. He, before the parliament starts, he goes there. And that's where. And so we go there to unplug certain things. It's a war. It's, it's truly strategic war. Over territories and nations and nations. Is that okay? Can we go on? Thirdly, we got to equip a whole leadership base. And all of this needs a whole set of leaders and there are two New Testament leadership types that are needed for this to work. So while you are doing the while you are doing the Pauline cycle or the Great Commission cycle. You are in this phase where there are establishing the local church and entrusting to elders. You are beginning to identify potential leaders.
you would call L2L3s. And uh, these L2L3s that you identify, and while they are identified, you are looking into certain aspects. So I'm just going to lay down certain things that I look for. Number one, and it's, and it's part of the teaching in the scriptures too. They have a desire to serve. That's the first thing. Do they have a desire to serve? Number two, they are making themselves available, not forced and forced and forced. They are making themselves available for every opportunity to be invested into. They have a desire to serve. They're making themselves available for investment into their lives. They're beginning to, number three, they are beginning to grasp the teaching and are making church central to their life and family. Their life does not revolve around their work. Their life does not revolve around their family, no. Their life is revolving around Christ's community in which they are rallying and managing their work. They are rallying and managing their family to actually make church central to their life's plan. They're beginning, not that they are mastered it, they are already doing it. They're beginning to grasp the teaching and are making church central to their life and family. Number four, they are managing their own families well and are able to extend their relationship beyond their individual family. They're managing their own families well and are able to extend their relationship beyond their family. Number five, they are people who show early signs of influence and are beginning to be respected by more than their own family within the household. They have a desire to serve. They're making themselves available for investment into their lives. They're beginning to grasp the teaching and are making church central to their life and family. They're managing their own families well and are able to extend their relationship beyond their family. They are people who show early signs of influence and are beginning to be respected by more than their own family. These are our potential leaders. And we have a base of potential leaders that we begin to work. You, you, you've got the idea of the L2s and L3s that we are beginning to... They're they beginning to emerge... While they are beginning to emerge, we have to slowly identify what we we don't have to name them immediately. We don't have to. One of the things that we have understood is that we can't lay hands on and commission them too quickly because we see them through a period of time before we recognize their service. Rather than he's my favorite, so he's a leader. No, or he's. Is someone that is showing giftedness alone. Some people show a lot of giftedness, but have not built the character base with it. And therefore, we have to make sure that we 
do our Sam well with them. Spiritual formation, which is the character base. Academic skills. What do we mean by academic skills? Academic skills is that their ability to master scripture, master culture, and are able to bridge scripture to context and culture to provide the mind of Christ solution. And therefore the church must say Jacob's teaching on Sunday evenings with his sporadic visits is not going to be the way by which we have an academic skill developed amongst the potential leaders. Because this needs to be ongoing, continuous, layer on layer, a, a pathway that needs to be truly laid over a period of two to three years where, where, where spiritual formation is, is very much of a mentoring and uh, and uh, shaping up of life and character. But uh, the academic skills is a process that at least uh, three to five years of a very clear pathway led within our churches to to really master scriptures. So, so, so at one point, why, I, you, at one point of time, you must be able to score through. And at this point of time, I can tell, I can score through New Testament, left, right, and center amongst all of the um, gospels and the epistles, the 27 books. I've still not mastered the Old Testament the way I've mastered the New Testament. But the moment you actually are confronted with, a, with, a, with an issue, a leader who's becoming a master craftsman from being an apprentice should be able to process all of the life's issues through the base of the scriptures and be bringing about the mind of Christ solutions. To the issues that are faced in a culture. And that's how we really develop wisdom base. This is not a knowledge base. We develop what is called as a wisdom base. And the spirit actually broods over the wisdom base. And takes the words of Christ. And is able to apply. If you don't have this wisdom base. The spirit is not able to. Prophets to warn or advise. But over a period of time, the wisdom base that is developed through an academic skill, and it's, it's, it's an academic skill that you have to, at the end of it, it's going to be on paper. It's going to be, certain times we got to put them on paper. If you don't put them on paper, it's just vapor. You'll have great thoughts that the Spirit would be able to take the words, but you got to do some level of studying and are able to handle the scriptures with confidence so that we will not be arguing with words that is meaningless
we must help people identify their life work their gifts abilities skills and help them understand their gift mix and at that ministerial skills you will be able to distinguish them over a period of time whether they are a local eldership material or an apostolic team material over a period of time and through through practical applications uh, in ministry you you identify ministerial skills because you are able to see them on the job in service while in community and that's why jacob taking uh, um jeven to hanoi or uh, ivan to ivan have i got your name evan evan to hanoi helps jacob understand whether whether you are a local church eldership or an apostolic team it does not make any difference with regards to what christ wants because one does not function apart from the other one is a failure if the other does not function and therefore these are equally important weightages with the priority of the apostolic ministry because of the progression and the spearheading and the pioneering aspects that are needed but apart from that whether you're here or here it depends on the gift that god has given you and you must be fully fully be satisfied with what god has invested in you but jacob on this trips will be able to assess or over a period of time there will be a, a, a senior eldership that rises up from amongst the elders will be able to assess on a on a two tier system where where there are local elders identifying hey this guy is apostolic in nature or this guy is the ability to teach and uh, defend the gospel this guy has this particular computer skills so that he can be on a deacon team to help the teaching of the church be established as true proper teaching this is an entrepreneur who has the ability to 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 bring solution as a benefactor to the society or uh, as a as a as a help as as this giftedness to make money in order for the progression of the gospel or all these giftedness will be able we need to be so these are three major blocks as from from first timothy and second timothy that, that we these this three major blocks of a well rounded leader that we need to shape up this is this is from first timothy second and second timothy paul as is in second timothy is reviewing paul's training of timothy and telling this is how you got to be training others and that is when he gives the commission in second timothy chapter 2 verse 2 um, that which you have heard in the presence of many witnesses and this review of what i am doing with regards to the training of you timothy you have been with me in antioch you've been with me in uh, different places in ephesus when i've gone through persecution you've seen my life you've learned things from my life you've learned things from your grandmother you've learned things from your mother you have learned things from the scriptures on from infancy but now is your base of and the process of training that i have taken you through now this is the good deposit that i have invested into your life timothy now guard this with the help of the holy spirit and pass it on to faithful men that is second timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 pass it on to faithful men who will also be able to do this to others and therefore second timothy chapter 2 verse 2 is not a multi level uh multi level leadership development strategy no this is a long haul 12 year process of investment of the good deposit 
over a period of time. And Paul is reviewing that training process and he says, hey, uh, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from all these uh, kinds of things. Make sure that you are a man of character. And then uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, you need to be an authentic, approved minister of the gospel. Uh, That means you need to handle the word of God with confidence. Do not argue about uh, meaningless words because it does not help anyone. And when you are arguing, uh, you don't have to argue because somehow, some way when people oppose you in the teaching, leave it to the spirit and you don't get agitated in your arguments. And all those things are the academic skills part that Paul is talking about in the training process. And then the ministry do the work of the evangelist. Give yourself to the public reading of the scriptures. A, be instant in season. Um, rebuke. Um, all, 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 all of those things are the ministerial skills that, that, that uh, Paul is talking to Timothy. And so these are we call the SAM encyclopedia. I would say apostolic leaders need to choose the apostolic teams. And therefore, there are some people from within the churches that the apostolic leader would in, invite in, uh, in consensus with the local church elders to be brought into the team as an apprentice. And then the apostolic leader takes the responsibility of helping him through his life work. But generally, life work needs to be done within the communities. Is a set of good, what is life work? Is a set of good works that God has prepared in advance for a person to be doing in his lifetime, which could be parenting, which could be fathering, it could be husbanding, it could be um, it could be certain gifts, abilities, and skills that God has given that person in. It could be entrepreneurial. It could be certain gifts of playing instruments. All of this is a set of good works that Christ has prepared in advance for a person to do. And then we help them explore it. So when it comes to life work, we help people explore, conceptualize, and realize. With regards to gifts, abilities, and skills. A lot of people actually can play guitar, uh, but they are not guitarists. They explore. We need to really help people realize their, their set of good works that Christ has prepared in advance for them to do. And the church as a whole is God's good work to the world. He's a master craftsman doing his masterpiece, which is the church, which has individuals and families with individual life work and family life works together. And God, the way he puts families together, because he's the one who puts families together. Because of our hardness, we mess up families, but he's the one who puts families together. 
because there's a greater purpose in harnessing what God has already invested into your life. And the family and an individual is part of a, a family of God, which is the community of disciples. And God has a unique way by which he shapes a community too. Because of the individual and the family life works, that's how the community is formed. That's not the full picture. That's why we need to join along with the communities. What a great picture would be if all of Vancouver is actually moving in the same direction with regards to what Christ wants for the church. And that would be the picture that Christ wants for a city. The church of Vancouver, my body, that reflects Christ to what's in there. No force of hell can ever stand against that body. I'm talking utopic, but I'm not saying it's not possible. This is possible when you take a long haul 30-year period, you can impact a city and a nation. What should we do? One, one more. I'm, I'm skipping down to... I, I think these are the three things that we need to continue to uh, linger around for a few more visits or Jacob can further it down. Number one, God has given Jacob and a team a map which includes Greater Vancouver. The Greater Vancouver Network of Churches becomes the apostolic base or an Antiochian base in which Jacob and a team are residing. And this church partners together with Jacob and his team in planting, establishing, and multiplying churches worldwide. In that, we need to make sure that the base has clear understanding of, of enabling its leadership. And the leadership are twofold. One is of the apostolic nature, who will be joining along with Jacob in the apostolic visits across the globe. And there's a local eldership team that is... This is this is the apostolic team. This is the local church. Elders and deacons. This is more this is outward. This is global focus. This is global focus. Local participation. This is local focus. But global participation. Outward, this is outward and mobile. Outward and mobile with primary focus on extending reach. This is more stable and local.
with the focus on shepherding and equipping. You're getting the two basic leadership of the New Testament. And there's another group of people over a period of time of maturing would raise up what is called as the senior eldership. Who are matured guys who rise up within the network of churches who solve the issues that are beyond the local church. There are certain times the local elder is not able to solve the issue that the senior eldership of a particular city will come into play with regards to counseling and advising and things like that. And also they resolve the tensions between the local church eldership team and the apostolic team because the apostolic team will always want to pull things out and the local church elders always pull the team to the local focus and how it's important to shepherd and how it's important to establish these people. There's much need here. And senior eldership over a period of time will resolve issues like the Jerusalem Council, where it was a local Jerusalem church and the teaching with Paul being wanting to extend it to Gentiles that they, James, the elder, was sitting down and helping Paul along with the local church elders in Jerusalem to solve major Issues of theology and things like that. This is the picture of the New Testament leadership. While, con- while this is completely wiped off. This has become, today's 21st century, this has become parachurch. Nothing to do with church. But they are focused on, on catalyzing movements of causes. Because the church is not doing it, therefore we have to do it. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a network of causes. And this has become denominationalized, institutionalized uh, uh, Christianity. And that's how we have lost the plot. We've got to go back to the New Testament understanding of leadership and how they function and really reconstruct apostolic teams and local church elders. Like. And one final thing. with I'm, I'm just jumping and going down to the sixth point which is funding spontaneous expansion. Is this clear? Everybody okay? I go to the sixth point, which is funding. You look into the New Testament, you have four important blocks for funding spontaneous expansion what what is funding spontaneous expansion spontaneous expansion is the is the spirit is actually wanting to take the apostolic teams to continue to plant and establish and multiply churches in a greater field that God has handed over the apostolic team that means the moment you actually leave a greater vancouver into another place there are actually finances that are needed 
four causes in other places and how does the antioch church continue to uh, continue to collaborate and partner with the apostolic teams and that's the entire picture of, of the letter to the philippians if you really see the letter to the philippians it is about in the essence of it it is about funding spontaneous expansion that paul has been doing now the philippian church has uh, forgotten for a period of time to fund paul and paul is saying don't worry guys i have learned to be content whether you give or not i still continue but please do understand that this is a call of the partnering churches to fund spontaneous expansion and to help the help the apostolic teams continue to progress the gospel and therefore paul says he who has begun a good work in you chapter 1 verse 6 this is about the partnership through the progression of the gospel he has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it we have been using that verse in all different contexts is perfectly fine but from now on you need to understand that when he has begun a good work it's about this good work of the progression of the gospel and the planting of the churches persecution is actually disturbing it paul's chains are not hindering the progress of the gospel a uh, persecution to the uh, philippian church is not hindering the progress of the gospel but what is hindering the progress of the gospel is the lack of one mindedness inside the church and then he uh, he he is actually breaking open uh, what is happening within the church two members of the apostolic team that paul has left behind in in philippi was eodia and syntyche they have a problem with one another and this is slowly spilling over and the one mindedness within the church is getting spoiled and therefore paul is rallying the entire church of philippi to come back to this mind of christ which is to consider the other better to take care of the interests of others better and he gives four important examples of jesus who actually took care of us that is why he left from heaven and came down to earth number 2 paul himself who squeezes his life to the end that there's nothing more to squeeze as a drink offering and number 3 timothy who has a genuine concern for others follow his example and epaphroditus who gave, who who you guys sent to help with gifts he almost died in order to serve me and these are the examples that you got to follow don't let the false judaizers those those mutilators of flesh and those words are that paul uses are these dogs the mutilators of flesh they are coming and actually spoiling things now if i have to boast i have to boast about many things of the jewish world but i don't consider them important because they are garbage and rubbish because i have set my mind to press on towards this upward call which is the progression of the gospel the planting and the multiplication of churches you guys i have learned to be content i am not the one who is going to be worried whether you guys are going to continue to partner or not but god shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory thank you for the renewed uh, partnership thank you for my uh, renewed you have already sent some gifts again and thank you guys let's continue this partnership because he who's begun a good work in us is faithful to complete it so that's the letter of philippians that paul writes to the philippian network of churches and so funding of spontaneous expansion actually includes four major pillars one is that churches collect regular offerings and that churches need to bracket off their expenses in order to set aside funding formation
think the church can continue on to keep ex- expenses going on. Because there's no limit. Um, if you say, for example, the church needs a Mac uh, computer, and two years down the la- line we need another Mac because an upgrade came, the church needs to see whether... Because we can, we can keep buying gadgets, we can keep expansion of the church, and keep producing and spending. So the churches, churches actually have money. To, to be honest and truth, churches have money, but the church money does not go into the, the church. I, I, I'm actually struggling and fighting because there is a building that New Life Assemblies of God already have invested into building. That means it's taking off a, a major chunk of the church money into building and and I'm trying to work out finances to say, even if you have to maintain this building after, you don't use it, you don't do anything with it, but you've got to continue to pay for the building. You've got to continue to pay for the air conditioning. You've got to continue to pay for the maintenance. Nothing wrong with buildings when you have a, such a larger congregation gathering together with a, around 70,000 people on a celebration day. Yeah, you may need a building, but we fought hard to say, can we reduce the number of the size of the building? They were planning to build a 50,000-seater auditorium. Fought through for five years to bring it down to 20,000-seater auditorium. Which means it really brings down half of the budget. Churches actually spend a lot of things on a lot of things. A lot of money on a lot of things. That may not be really, truly formation of authentic communities of Christ. I'm not against buildings, I'm not against investments of churches, but churches need to really understand that the main reason for which the church exists is not itself. Churches exist for the mission. And therefore the churches need to set aside money for apostolic teams to progress the gospel. Number two, there are individual benefactors and family benefactors these are net high net worth individuals, high net worth benef- uh, families. Uh, they have uh, old money because some of them have actually inheritances that have come. Uh, they have inherited businesses. They have inherited properties. They have inherited because they are, this is not like this new generation struggle to make it. No, they are a third to fourth generation down the line rich people who need to really set aside amounts into investment into the... So these are benefactors who are truly not people who give money and control money. No. These people need to be fully sold out to the way of Christ and his apostles. Fully sold out to the understanding that, hey, this is what Christ is doing in this earth right from beginning. He's setting apart authentic communities for himself. And we need to collaborate with him to set apart more communities for himself. And for that, God has actually set up a, a group of leaders who have been gifted by Christ himself to progress. And therefore, we want to be benefactors to the progression of the gospel and this is not the church as a whole, but there are net high net worth individuals who are called benefactors. And therefore, Paul is saying about uh, these kinds of people who are, are um, uh, Phoebe, who is a benefactor, who is a, a deaconess in the church in Sencria, who is a benefactor to me and to many. Lydia, she was in a, she opened a home to 
but she's a she's a merchant she's a she's a businesswoman and she opens her home invites paul there's a house church that's happening in philippi with lydia but she is also a benefactor to paul and the pauline team so there are benefactors that are found in the new testament that continue to to supply for the progression of the gospel number 3 special collections this is a regular there are special collections depending on special needs that the apostolic team would come up with hey in anoy we need to do this and and therefore the house church is gathered together on special collections that are set apart like our paul would do because of the famine in jerusalem that he went to the entire network of churches that he was in the gentile world in saying listen guys the jewish people were the were the people who blessed us spiritually if we could actually get their spiritual blessings we need to supply for them materially very interesting the way paul um positions this 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 collection and he says we have received we have not received any support in fact they have been opposing us but if you truly understand jesus came through them and they they are a spiritual base and a spiritual blessing for us it's important that we support the churches in jerusalem materially so there will be causes and there will be many um needs that we raise up in the larger field that that the apostolic leaders may come and request the local church elders to be doing special collections for for enterprising apostolic team the apostolic team itself is enterprising so that they are not a burden to the churches that's one of the things that paul had to model he said I am not going to be a burden to your churches but thank God for Aquila Priscilla Aquila Priscilla are my co-workers who are fully on fire with all the qualities of being a co-worker in the apostolic team but they also run a leather tannery business and so they are able to shut shop in Corinth and move on to Ephesus or shut shop in Ephesus with Paul and go to Rome because now uh, in Rome Paul is arrested in a house he's under house arrest but but they they would be somewhere around him doing business uh selling those things and so when paul is not uh, busy with other things he is not sleeping in his room but he is actually engaged in the business too so that he, you guys don't have to support us because we have modeled out enterprising apostolic teams so these are these are things that needs to be fully seen not yet seen in the kingdom as yet but these are things that are found in the new testament and we got to develop these four things that we find in the new testament for the progression of the gospel planting and multiplication of churches and the ability i i know this is pushing a little further in the 21st century context but would would finances and lands be placed at the apostles feet because that was the significant things that they did they they believed in what the mission of Christ was that they would actually come to the apostles feet to sell lands and finances put it there and say use it for the sake of the gospel that's that's the level at which i hope in the days to come that that kind of authentic spirit moves will begin to happen it's not about funding a person it's about funding this most important heart of god issue which is the planting establishing and multiplication of authentic christ communities that replace 
replenish the entire world so that we would reflect Christ to the watching world, that that watching world will be attracted to and we be part of being this community so that they can be part of God's big family. So we'll further these things as we continue on. But I believe that God is doing something in this church, which is six house churches with an apostolic team, which is a wonderful model that can be harnessed because it's smaller in size. It's not when you come to New Life Assemblies of God, I, I struggle with all kinds of issues and all kinds of uh, of things because it, you you are in a huge mass that you want to... Dis- it's a Titanic that cannot shift its course. Even if you want to shift its course, it's, it's not as easy. It's just moving an inch to the left. And here is a greater possibility. You have both the features of leadership intact and in place. Uh, we know that Jacob is sensitive to the spirit and and ready for what God wants to do in and through him and his team. But we need to ready the six house churches in full-fledged, thriving, authentic communities so that we have a proper base. And so that's that's what we need to be investing in and building these six homes that will be naturally breathing and moving and multiplying and replenishing. The rest of the things, August 23rd, one of those dates, somewhere we will work it out. by what you said over the last three days. Let's see if they really liked it. Jeevan, you want to say something? 